0: Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. This episode is produced on behalf of the Murray-Darling Medical School Network and shares stories from students undertaking end-to-end medical training within the network. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Peter Letz. As a wide-eyed child, George Kirillus watched with awe when, at a family dinner, his GP father calmed and soothed a family with a sick child. It was the spark that ignited a passion in a young man, entirely determined to undertake his own medical career. Although his was a challenging application process, a rural medicine pathway opened up and has turned into a road of professional highs. In this episode, he describes the advantages of being a medical student in a rural setting, including a strong sense of community and lower living costs. But first, George describes that faithful evening when his future rushed up to greet him.
1: I think my interest first sparked early high school years. So my father's a local GP and we had a close family friend come to us one night while we're having dinner. We had his sick little girl with him and he was very nervous and just, scared. And so he came rushing over and just asking my dad for help. Just seeing how my dad was able to calm him down and help him and provide him at ease. I found that very inspiring just to see the effect that he had on someone's life and um, the effect that he can have on a community scale. And that's what first sparked my interest. And then down the track, I did some work experience and some volunteering roles that further consolidated that.
2: That's amazing. That is really close to home. Given those experiences, was it always medicine that you wanted to do, or were there other health professions that crossed your mind during that time?
1: I did definitely look around and see what else was out there. Although, in the end, I kind of came to the decision that it was probably going to be medicine or nothing else within the health field because. For me, medicine just combined a lot of different roles, and it was the only one for me that had all of that together. And so then if I wasn't to go into medicine, I felt like I would have gone into something completely different, maybe something like teaching even.
2: Wow. Okay. That is different. When you say combined a whole lot of different aspects, what were those things for you that medicine combines?
1: Yeah. So for one, I had that diagnostic aspect. And then other things, for example, like the teaching role, even as a student, you teach the younger students. As a doctor, you teach the students. As a senior doctor, you teach the junior doctors. So I thought that was a really good dynamic. And then even when you become much older, you can teach students again as a professor. So I thought that was a very good part about medicine because teaching is another passion of mine. And I found that I could really delve into that within the medical career as well.
2: So you have that innate teaching capacity within you, which is wonderful as well. Who did you bring on this journey with you? Who did you tell and how did they respond?
1: I tried to tell as many people that I was close to as I could just for the support. Of course, my parents first and my dad being a GP was very supportive, but At the same time, he was great in that he tried to give me realistic expectation of things, which I thought was really good. So telling me that it's maybe not the easiest route and making sure I was going into it for the right intentions. So I found that very helpful just to help consolidate my desires even more. Um, And then I also had friends. My closest friend was also trying to get into medicine throughout high school. And then my teachers as well, so that they could, I guess, help push myself in class to try and get better marks.
2: So as you mentioned, becoming a doctor is no easy feat. It really is a skill in itself. On your road to applying, did you have a mentor or someone who helped guide you? I know your dad, obviously. Uh, Was there anyone else along the journey?
1: Yes. So I had a cousin, one of my cousins, she just graduated by the time I was applying, just graduated from medicine. So that was a great help. So she helped me throughout the whole application process, the different unis, through the interview process, reading over my applications, all that sort of stuff. So I think that was great because while my dad has experienced, it's been a long time since he's kind of gone through that. So having a person who's fresh that can guide me was very helpful.
2: Medicine really is in the blood. Are there any other doctors in your family?
1: Yeah, there, there are some. Not in my close family anymore, so just my dad and my cousin. But then more extended, we do get a few more.
2: <laughs> Amazing. That's great. Okay, so when you decided to apply, what were your first steps and uh, did you have a plan?
1: Because there are a lot of things involved in applying. So I think at the very beginning, it was looking at the UCAT exam because it's something that i had heard about, but I wasn't really sure what I needed to do about that. So I started looking into that a little bit in year 11, see what it involves and then practicing that. And then as year 12 came around, I really had to make sure I get all my dates down. So that was a big thing because there are a lot of important dates that you need to stay on top of. And so just making sure I wrote all those down for the different unis and different states just to make sure that I didn't miss anything.
2: Now, because you're in a direct entry or undergraduate program, as you mentioned, you sat the UCAT. Tell us what's involved with the exam and how did you prepare for it?
1: The exam involves five subsections across a different array of subjects, some math to a bit of reading, problem solving, abstract reasoning and situational judgment, which tests a wide range of skills. These sections are very time-pressured overall and require you to answer all the questions in a very short period of time. Preparing for the exam was a long process. I tried to start in year 11, but it's very easy to forget about it, especially when it's almost a year and a half away. But that would be some advice with that is just to try and start early because it is a lot. So for myself, I started by doing just a free online practice exam. And I ended up getting a very, very poor score on that, (laughs) very poor score, Uh, which was good because it meant I needed to study, it motivated me to study. So I tried to use some online free resources and then I looked online to get one of those tutoring packages that you can find online. And then I just slowly tried to do a little bit every week, every week leading up to the exam.
2: And as part of the application process, you had to sit interviews. What do you remember about those and, and how did
1: you prepare for the interviews? So the interviews were two main types. So there was something called MMI, which involves sitting eight different stations with eight different interviewers answering essentially eight different questions that tested different skills or areas. And then the other type was a panel interview. So just talking with two people, just over a range of questions. Overall, they varied in what they talk about, most of them really talked about personality traits, how you would deal with certain situations, your problem solving or your conflict resolution, a wide range of personality skills that they looked for. Preparing for those was fun compared to the UK. Basically, just involved answering interview style questions with a friend or parent, somebody who's more experienced. Just talking, getting used to the questions, how you would answer them, and just going over that.
2: Other than starting early. What are the tips do you have about the application or selection process uh, for people that are wanting to apply?
1: I would say make sure to stay consistent with it is a big one because even if you start early but then you stop, <laughs> it's not that good. So you need to make sure you stay consistent with it. So even if it's just a little bit every week, even if it's just one hour a week or one question a week, it's better than zero questions a week. So even just a little bit over a period of time is a lot better than cramming a bunch of questions into a small period of time. So I would say stay consistent with it is a big thing.
2: How many uh, universities did you apply to in the end?
1: Almost every university in Australia, I think except for Western Australia. (laughs) It was a bit too far away for me. (laughs) But other than that, I applied everywhere just to increase the chances of getting in because at the end of the day, medicine is the goal and I know it's not easy to get into. Sometimes you just have to, I guess, give up or sacrifice the ideal location even if it means getting into medicine. So I just applied everywhere and see what happens.
2: Of course, there's a number of pathways that people can enter the medicine program. Was there a specific entry pathway you chose to go through?
1: Yes, yeah, so I went through the rural application process for unis. So growing up in regional New South Wales, I was eligible to apply through the scheme, which meant that I didn't need to get the same level of marks as somebody from a metro site, so someone in Sydney, for example, which I thought was quite good and advantageous. So I just applied for that.
2: Whereabouts in rural Australia are you?
1: Uh, From Wagga Wagga.
2: So you grew up in Wagga Wagga and you're studying in Wagga Wagga. You're at home. Is that good? Are you happy that you ended up studying at home, essentially?
1: Yeah, so it's definitely advantageous for me. Um, That was my goal from the beginning. I knew that it was an opportunity. Um, And so that was my top preference to be here because it's just great to be with your family, to have the family support, especially in medicine. It's a bit of a hard pathway. So having the support from your family is very good. And being in the same community that you grew up in is also great.
2: So you're currently studying at the rural clinical school campus in Wagga Wagga. What's your clinical and teaching experience been like there?
1: It's great. All the teachers here are fabulous. They're very friendly, nice. All the JMOs in the hospital are great. Always willing to help out and take you on to the hospital sessions. So it's very friendly. Um, You can just easily take a fifth-year student with you and just go up to the hospital and just talk to some patients. It's a great community. And the clinical aspect is a lot of hands-on experience over there.
2: For people wanting to apply uh, who've grown up in the city or have city experience, what would you say to them about applying for rural positions? How would you encourage them to apply?
1: I would highly recommend it, not only for the hands-on experience that comes with it, but also just to see, I guess, a bit of the health inequality that exists and being able to educate yourself on that is a great way to become a more well-rounded doctor, especially within Australia. And it's a different type of practice over there because you have the less resources, all that sort of stuff requires you to, I guess, maybe practice in a little bit of a different way than what you would maybe in a metro area where you have more resources and being adaptable like that I think is a great asset to have.
2: Studies aside, what are the benefits, do you think, that a rural lifestyle can
1: give someone coming from the city? I think the big one is that very nice community, small community. Everyone knows everyone. Even just here at the uni, the first years to the sixth years, everyone knows each other. Everyone knows each other's name. We all hang out together in one big group. So it's a really great environment. And then, you know, being in a small community, it's easy commute. It's obviously a bit cheaper and all that sort of stuff as well.
2: Is there a piece of advice you wish you were given before starting your medical journey?
1: I think the big thing is to have a good work-life balance. When I first started out in first year, I was very, very involved in my studies, which is good, which is good, but it's easy to get burnt out. And there's always, always information that you can study and you can learn, um, and it's almost never ending. So I think it's important to Find for yourself the right level that suits you, where you can obviously pass your exams and do well and become a good doctor in the end of the day, but just to have the good balance for yourself to be in a good mental state, because that's also very important. So, I mean, if you go to see a patient and you have all the knowledge, but you are burnt out and you can't show empathy and you can't communicate properly, it is reducing your ability to provide the best quality of care. So it's important to have a good work-life balance.
2: And finally, George, with the experience that you've had so far and all the preparation you've gone through, what is the main thing you think you just could never have prepared for?
1: I think personally, the biggest thing was seeing the effect of chronic conditions on patients. So what I mean is, you know, you study all these conditions in the lectures and in class and the effect that has on the patient. But then when you go on the wards and you see patients who actually have these conditions it's a completely different story just to see how debilitating some of these conditions can be on patients can be a little bit confronting at times but it definitely is eye-opening and it really is important to make you a better doctor and being able to have the empathy to provide those patients with the best quality of care George Kirillis a second year medical student at the UNSW rural
0: clinical campus in Wagga Wagga this is Destination Medicine thanks for listening Regional training hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program.